Are you struggling to get better at golf on your own? Let me tell you something. Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, even Tiger Woods have one thing in common. They all have personal golf instructors. So if the best players in the world have them, why shouldn't you? When I finally decided that I wanted to get better at golf, I called my buddy Jason Gandy at Willow Creek Golf Club. Jason is a phenomenal player that used to dabble in mini tours and a former caddy on the PGA Tour, and now is using his skill set and knowledge to help others in the game he loves. You can get in touch with Jason at Gandy Golf. That's at, at G A N D Y Golf on Instagram or Twitter. And if you're not in the East Tennessee area, that's no problem. He has the proper technology to help you wherever you might be in the world. Once again, hit Jason up with a DM at Gandy Golf, that's at G-A-N-D-Y Golf on Instagram or Twitter, and tell him the boys from the turn sent you, and he'll give you his best deal. This is The Turn, Fantasy Golf Podcast. We're just two dudes talking about golf, just like we do every week on the phone, and we decided, hey, let's record it and share it with the rest of the world. If you like what you hear, wherever you're listening, give us a follow, a good review, a good rating. It goes a long way for us. And don't forget to share with your buddies either. One thing you're always going to hear from us on the turn is rotoballer.com. Rotoballer.com is a one-stop shop for all your daily fantasy needs. Whether you're looking for stats, injury reports, or good articles to read. And there's even a lineup optimizer that built into the software. And right now, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, Rotoballer is offering 50% off the golf premium package for the rest of the season. And when you're signing up, if you sign up with the promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, you'll get an additional 10% off that price. So go to rotoballer.com and sign up for the golf premium package and use the promo code NICE. And now, it's time for the turn, Fantasy Golf Podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Andrew Poor. I go by Andrew Putters on all the social media. I'm here with my colleague and friend Joe Nicely, and we're going to talk about a mouthful this week coming up. Uh, but we can't start out for next week unless we hit on last week was detrimental. The 3M Open was detrimental to hearts and minds all over the country that play fantasy sports. Uh, not a very good recipe for the average player uh, when only 2% make the cut. Ain't that right, Joe? It was brutal, man. It was a bloodbath. It, it's the worst one I can remember in a while. Uh, we talked about last week on here. Uh, that it, it felt like one of those weeks to maybe scale back whatever you're normally putting in. Um, because the, the the relative weakness of the field would cause some volatility and we definitely saw that coming to fruition. Um, it was it was brutal, rough, rough week for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, Michael Thompson. Is, did I read that right? He's won before. Yeah, I think he won the Honda. I think he won the Honda a few years ago. It was very. I mean, I watched a lot of it. Uh, and for, unfortunately, I guess uh, I watched a lot of it, and um, it looked like you really score well, and then if you you know, got a little wiry around the greens, you weren't going to score well. Because, I mean, it looked like the greens are fairly soft. Of course, they got some storms, I guess, on the weekends, too, to soften up the greens to help them out. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we were expecting a birdie fest, which guys made a lot of birdies. Um, but I think it played 
played tougher than last year. We saw the water come into play. It seems like, especially first couple rounds, seems like a ton uh, of guys were just hitting, hitting, hitting the water Thursday and Friday. Um, so I, I was a little surprised. Thought it played a little bit more difficult than I expected. Um, but yeah, there, there wasn't. Other than that, there wasn't any huge surprises. Ryan Moore, my my boy, taught, uh, finished T twelve. I'm on a roll of sorts in the low cost department. Um, uh, maybe I kicked my covers a little bit last week because he was really he was striving at the first three rounds. But uh, uh, your name you threw out. We we're we're not going to get past this week without talking about him. Uh, is it Ricky Rowinski is his name? Uh, Richie Richie Rowinski. Yeah, I didn't didn't even know his not only have I never heard of him, I didn't know his first name until yesterday until I looked it up. But um Yeah, we got a we got a shout out our boy uh Stacy Maples who uh hit a first round leader bet on that one. That's right. Put up ten one seven hundred. Yeah. Um yeah. he was actually a little bit upset after winning because he's like we I talked to you two every day on the phone. I've never heard of this guy. He's a little offended. He had to actually listen to the podcast to figure out who he was. Uh, but uh, he said, "He said we're holding out on him. Holding out on him." <laughs> you gotta, you gotta watch. You gotta watch, download, watch to get all this info. That's right. We can't just be giving this away. That is right. That is right. But uh, not. We're just gonna talk about this just for a second, not to get political. But uh, um, obviously, wore the uh, Blue Lives Matter uh, bracelet. Uh, apparently, some family members of his are in in the police department. Uh, like I said, not getting political, but how could you expect to wear a bracelet with a political statement in the city he was wearing it and not get some type of response, good or bad? Yeah, um, I actually only saw it today. Later, later on this afternoon, uh, didn't know anything about it until today. But yeah, it's tone deaf. Uh, I mean, I guess you could call it that. Uh, you know. Everybody's got their own beliefs, but like you said, playing where they were, it's uh, it was pretty tone deaf. Uh, no matter no matter what you believe, what you respect, um, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's enough of that talk. Uh, let's let's touch on the um, the weekend. Uh, you know, last weekend I was painting a baby room. Uh, this weekend I hung some curtains and put together a baby bed. Everybody loves doing that because we got number four on the way in a few weeks now. And uh, it looked like you were taking them down Sunday afternoon. Sunday morning, the, the 840 Maples group at the Brook um, played with some buddies, played with Stacy and uh, Justin, Donnie Dots. Uh, he had a friend in from South Carolina, Joey, great guy. Got to meet him uh, this weekend. I played with those guys Saturday afternoon. I played horrible. Um, then we played uh, Sunday morning, played a little match, mixed it up a little bit. We played uh, a little Scottish low ball. And uh, I, I don't know what what anybody's religious affiliations are, but me and Mate straight baptized them boys <laughs> over to Brooke. It was bad. I think it was like 15-3. It was, uh, it was a rough day, rough day for the for the opposite team. But, man, we had fun. We, we loved those guys. It's all good fun. And, They'll they'll probably get us next weekend, but yeah, we we were doing it. We were doing it. Me and mate, we we were throwing it down at the Brit Sunday. Yeah, yeah, man. And it, from the looks of things, the challenge was thrown out on Twitter. It looks like me and uh, Mr. Uh, Cupcake Chase Buckner is going to play uh, 
couple of young punks at the brook in a few weeks. I don't know. They said the match is already set, but they hadn't even contacted me yet. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a, a typical young guys. Like, yep, the match, we're ready to go. <laughs> Without talking to you. But, yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to that. We'll, we'll be over there. We'll be covering that one when it happens. There will uh, definitely. Things there could get out of hand. we we got to get Drew you get Maples. We got, we'll have some commentators going. Uh, so that'll, that'll be a ton of fun when we get that set up. Yeah, and uh, and uh, let me just go ahead and throw this out here right now. Those two kids have zero chance of taking us down. Zero. <laughs> zero. Uh, you, think, you think experience is going to win out on that one? Yeah, exactly. Zero chance. Zero chance. Uh, oh, speaking of speaking of kids, I got to give a, a special little shout out to to a young a young uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Mr. Bowen Brantley. He's an upcoming uh, sophomore in high school, and he was playing in the uh, five-star prep masters today. Uh, I think he's tied for ninth after day one. He, he plays over at the Brook all the time. Uh, Noah's dad and his uncle, they're they are really good friends, good people. Uh, kid's an unbelievably hard worker. He's over there playing golf all the time. So just wanted to give a word of encouragement to Bowen uh, this week. Go get them. Yeah, we have a bunch of bunch of young talent in the area. Uh, always always up and coming talent at the Brook. There's a pedigree of kids that have come through there and gone on to play uh, big time D1. And uh, matter of fact, there's a couple out there right now doing it. Um, SEC golf. So, yeah. Uh, Five-star prep, Masters, uh, I guess what you said is a two-day event. The yeah. showcase basically for high school talent, yeah. boys and girls. Um, so yeah, you can go follow them at, at I think it's at Five Star Preps, isn't it on Twitter? Yeah, I think so on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Smithy, uh, golf lover, uh, probably most golf sicko lover on, that I see on social media, other than you, Joe. So <laughs> uh, go check him out. He's always pumping up kids from the from the local area, and uh, he'll always has a good excuse to talk about golf. So on to this week. Uh, like I said, a mouthful, WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitationals. Uh, I've been here a while, maybe since like, I'm thinking the, uh, it's always been played in Memphis. Uh, used to be the Memphis Open. Played, uh, I can't remember what the name of the golf course it was, but now I think around not, mid-90s it switched over to the TPC Southwind, which is where it is now, which is actually a par 71. They make number five a par four, so it turned into a par 70, 7,244-yard 7, golf course. Um Used to be like 20 mid, you know, or low 20 under, won this thing, 22, 23, 24 under until the redesign in 04, which they, I believe they went to 100% Bermuda greens from Bent. Um, since then, the scores have been considerably lower. Um, I'm pretty sure there's, they have not, the course record haven't been tied or anything like that since that time period. So um, I got some firsthand knowledge about this place. I was able to caddy there in 99 for our club pro from Beaver Brooks Club Pro, Club, Club Pro qualified that for that week. And um, so I, I know the course a little bit, and that was back in 99, so that was, you know, 21 years ago. But uh, interesting pairing. He played with Ted Purdy and Rory Sab, the young Rory Sabatini at the time. And uh, it's uh, – this is going to be right up the alley with uh, what the Travelers was like, uh, if you remember that. Um you got to be in the fairway, and you got to hit your long irons very well, or your irons well. Probably a little bit longer than that. Travelers played, 
um, the Zoysia fairways. Um, as a rule of thumb, Zoysia is a very soft grass. So whenever, if there's any water on it at all, it will, I'm not gonna say plug, but um, it, the, you won't get the rollout in the fairway like you will Bermuda fairways. So it's gonna feel longer than it actually, than the actual yardage, if that makes any sense, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, it's gonna play longer than the, like you said, than the yardage on the scorecard, because um, there are some very long par fours. Uh, dog legs, I believe, uh, we'll see several of those. Uh, tons of water, tons of bunkers out there. I think it's gonna play fairly tough for these guys. Um, it's, it's gave them a pretty good test the last few times out. So I, I expect it to play pretty tough this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, you know, <clears throat> especially as a as little bit of rain as we've had over the south, I'm thinking, you know, uh, 13, 14 under probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the conditions are definitely going to be something to contend with. I mean, we're in, we're in East Tennessee. Um, obviously, Memphis is on the other side of the state, but it's even more humid there. And we've had some unbelievably hot weather. So I expect it to just be brutal on these guys. Um, you got to figure that's going to come into play a little bit, um, whether they get worn down over the week as the week goes on. Uh, but I, I think it's going to make it play a little bit tougher. Absolutely. And um, who knows? Uh, I think there's chance of thunderstorms, but this time of year, thunderstorm could happen anytime in Tennessee. Um, I do know that it is hot there. Uh, like Joe said, it's miserably hot. You always hear about it being hot in Memphis. It is. Uh, it's miserably humid. Uh, um, uh, that's the home of barbecue in the South. I am used name it. That's, that's, that's what you're going to get in Memphis and uh, it's going to be really hot. Pretty good field though. Um, definitely a different from last week. So uh, if you start from the top down, you know, we got Ron back, we got DeChambeau back, got Rory back. Where are you at at the top, Joe? Um, all those guys you named off are great options. Um, even though this is a WGC field and, and there's tons of elite players in it, it still feels kind of top heavy to me. Um, you feel like you need to go up to the top of the board this week. These WGC events, we see some big-time players win these things over the years, not only this event, but all the WGCs. Uh, Tiger dominated them, obviously, for years. DJ, uh, Rory, Brooks. See, uh, big-time big time guys win these events, and, and you feel like the winner's probably going to come from the top of the board up here, uh, 10 and up, 9 and up in that range. Um, where, I'm, where I'm looking first and foremost up there is Justin Thomas been unbelievably consistent um I mean, he'll catch a cold putter every now and then just randomly miss a cut but overall he's played great tee to green uh both before the break one earlier this year in hawaii and, and since the break just missed one at the work day a few weeks ago so that's my, that's my first lean uh towards the top of the board uh rom rory bryson all those guys certainly can play well certainly can win this event um but but my lane's jt up there um at the top you know I, I don't hate that at all um, but I will say this after um, first-hand knowledge being accurate off the tee here is not terribly important uh, there's a few holes that is very important on you know like um, let's say maybe uh, 9 10 12 18 especially um, other than that it's not terribly important and I could totally see uh, if Rory gets the driver going and gets the putter going, just 
wiping the field out. Not 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 run necessarily run away with, but this course could be very easy for him. That type of player where he can just get up there and just pound driver on like about six or seven holes in a row, you know, and have basically short irons and you know wedges into these four eighty holes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we saw him play extremely well here last year, uh, right in the mix. Um, I can't remember the exact scenario, but it seems like uh, he and Brooks were tied or very, very close going in the final final round last year. Um, everybody's pretty hyped with those guys playing each other. Uh, and Roy kind of faded off in the final round, but he was right there. So uh, you're, you're certainly certainly right. He can, he can definitely win this event. Um, things just haven't clicked for him yet. Um, we've talked about it several times. Feels like the break really hurt him. Uh, he was clicking on all cylinders prior to that. Um, had a win. I don't think it finished outside the top five uh, before the break. He's kind of kind of not got untracked yet. But you have to feel like it's coming at some point, uh, whether it be this week, next, or or another uh, major down the line. But yeah, he, he's certainly a certainly a tremendous player that can that can win this event. Absolutely. Um, we've said it numerous, numerous times, we'll continue saying that Rory can win any time, any course. Uh, it just depends on if he gets it going. If you look down the line there, Joe, uh, that first 11 people did not participate last week. Um, and uh, we, we really like all 11 of them, to be honest with you, nor, under normal circumstances, uh, including the past champion here, Daniel Berger. I think he won here before it was the WGC, correct? Uh, he did. He's actually a two-time winner. He won back to back in sixteen and seventeen. So he's a. Uh, if you're a course history person, um, of course I write a course history article. So I got to know Mr. Berger's resume here pretty well this week, and he's a, he's a two-time winner on this course before it was a WGC event. There you go. Um, you, after you get to the twelfth guy, so twelve, thirteen, and fourteen in the, on DraftKings, um, all played last week. Um, DJ, uh, post win, <laughs> post win. Did we? Did we? Did we? Uh, did we have another uh, nose injury? What are you thinking? I think I think DJ's been celebrating a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, DJ's a former winner here. Certainly, you, you you think he can play well here, but I just don't know where to put him right now. Um, Last week, you know, we were we were thinking maybe coming off a missed cut, he might bounce back. We've seen him do that several times throughout his career, but it was just it was ugly from the start. Um, it was ugly from the start, just just like it looked at Memorial, where he shot 80-80 at, at Memorial, um, and it was it was more the same last week. So, and, and with this being the week before major, we've got the PGA Championship coming up next week. With this being the week before major. A WC, WGC event with guaranteed money. Once these guys hit one shot, we've been down that road. Um, and it's going to be extremely hot out there. You have to wonder about DJ maybe uh, going out there playing one round or something, maybe maybe not feeling well, not playing well, and just just shipping it, man, getting on back to Cali and getting ready for the PGA. I, mean, I think it's definitely a concern with him this week. So I, I won't be going there with DJ this week. Yeah. Um, I watched him on Thursday because I, I, I got on Twitter and they have the, the free air hour or whatever showing it. Showed him hitting balls. Man, he was striping it. Played the first three holes. Looked unbelievable. Right down the middle. Ten feet. I think made one or two of them maybe. And then full ten cup on 18, 78 WD. 
That's pretty much where we're at. I don't. I'm not buying the back injury whatsoever. No, no, I don't need. I don't need there. Um, I think he's just his game's a lot of sorts right now. I'm not sure what's going on, uh, but I, I'm with you. I'm not buying the back injury thing, uh, whether it's mental or physical. Something's going on, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect that it's actually a back injury. Um, 18 was producing some 10 cut moments last week. <laughs> that hole was playing crazy, especially in the, the couple opening rounds, man. Guys were blowing up there, uh, going for broke, going for it, hitting it in the water uh, multiple times. It, it was nuts. I, it, it was kind of kind of fun, actually, except all the guys that were hitting it in the water I had. <laughs> other, other than that, it's pretty cool to watch. But, yeah, definitely some 10 cut moments out there on, on 18 at the uh, 3M. Yeah, and we might we might see some more of those, man. This this course, uh, I think, over the last couple of years is, has has uh, supplied more balls in the water than any other any other course on the schedule. So we might see some more of that uh, that water water coming into play this week uh, in Memphis. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that number eleven is like the second most water in the whole water in balls in the water, other than. 17 at Sawgrass. It's like 160 yeah, I, yards peninsula. Yeah, I think they're they're actually kind of similar. Uh, they're mm-hmm. kind of similar holes, and I believe you're right on that. It's right there with, with 17 at TPC Sawgrass uh, as far as putting balls in the water. And it's you know it's something we got to be looking for this week, man. You you want to uh, you want to try to target some of these guys maybe that that avoid blowups um, because it can happen out here. And we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot lately out of some of these guys. We we saw Bryson make a ten a couple of weeks ago. DJ uh, obviously. So you know we we kind of want to keep that in mind. Um, we don't normally put a ton of weight on bogey avoidance, but it might be something to look at this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, so right below DJ, who's a man that's not that comfortable with his swing. Not sure if it's an injury related or he just not trusting it. Or I think last week we got a little bit more of the Brooks that uh, didn't care after showing him clips of him just sitting, laying around on the ground in between shots. We got a little bit of the Brooks that don't care look going on. Uh, but obviously, watching Memorial because he was featured a lot at Memorial um, playing with Tiger. We got to see a lot of his shots. He is not trusting anything right now at the swing. His putter still looks good, I think, but his swing is awful. And he's defending champion here. This golf course sets up perfect for him and DJ. Um, we, well, I mean, we got to be off Brooks too. Um, I think Brooks uh, this week and next. Um, Brooks is per- probably the most most interesting storyline in golf. Um, the dude's won four majors. We know he's a big game hunter. We know he, we say he flips the switch, all that stuff. I mean, we're going to see if he can do it um, because he has not been himself. He's not looked good at all this year. I watched him a lot um, the second round last week uh, in Minnesota. I watched a lot of his second round just to try to – because we're coming up on major season. So I wanted to try to get a feel for Brooks. And he actually hit the ball much better, I thought, last week. Um, he wasn't making putts. He lost over five strokes putting last week. Um, but I thought he actually hit the ball better, both off the tee and with the irons. He had a lot of those. Um, we're used to seeing him a lot of those 10, 12-foot birdie putts that just weren't going for him. Uh, 
and then he had a couple of uh, couple of holes to get away from him. But it, that being said, he still didn't look like the Brooks we know. Um, so I think it's going to be very interesting to watch him here this week, a golf course where he won last year, where he's played extremely well. He's one of the few guys in the field that actually played this event regularly before it was a WGC. Um, I think he's got a couple of top threes on this golf course um, in addition to the win last year. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what Brooks looks like uh, in the lead up to the first major of the year, because you, you think he's got to be, it's go time. Um, uh, if he's going to flip the switch, he, if he's physically able to, um, you would think he would show some positive signs this week. So I'm going to be, I don't know that I'll be rostering, rostering him, but, uh, Definitely going to be keeping a close eye on him, kind of, kind of more for next week to see to see what he's looking like. Yeah, I feel like he's been such a guarantee whenever he chooses to play that it's really scary. And he was showing signs of some life uh, post COVID, post break. You know, I mean, he put together a couple of good weeks there, and yeah, he looked. I thought he looked good. We talked about it. I thought he looked good at Hilton Head. Um, he looked he looked more like himself than he had. Uh, at any point this year. And then, of course, his caddy tested positive for COVID, so he was out. Um, so he kind of lost some momentum there, but he definitely didn't look good at, at Muirfield uh, at the work day or the memorial. Um, last week, I, I would argue, was, you know, probably a step in the right direction, at least ball striking-wise, the numbers were better. Um, he still looked uncomfortable out there at times um, with his knee, um, kind of like you said, sitting down, um, seemed like he's trying to work his knee out, but it'll be really interesting to watch him this week just to try to get a feel for, for next week, if he's going to physically be able to flip that switch. Um, we know mentally that he does, and uh, physically it's always come with him, but, but maybe he's just not able to right now. Um, but he's an, he's an interesting play this week, and also odds-wise, 33-1 to is kind of a – Kind of a juicy little number on Brooksy this week. Hmm. Mm. Sounds like we're, that's where we know you're going to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right below him, I'm going to go ahead and hit the mute button and give you the stage. Uh, Tony Finau. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> I just I can't do it with Tony, man. I'm telling you. The guy, oh, I'm emotionally attached to Tony. Um, when we, when we first, when we all, you know, our group of buddies first started playing uh, PGA DFS, what, like three, four years ago, um, there were two guys that I would roster any time they were in the field. Um, because, of, I guess because I didn't know better, but also because they were, they were names that not a lot of people knew. And those two guys were Brooks Kepka and Tony Finau. Nobody knew how to, how to even say either one of their names. Um, so I go way back with Tony. I kind of feel like he's a, a little discovery of mine back in the day, and I've, I've watched him get better and improve, but I'm just not watching him win because he never does, man. And it's, <laughs> it is emotionally draining. Um, it's like having a kid that goes to school and, and the, the principal and the teacher and the guidance counselor, they all like, man, your kid, your kid tests great. Your kid's uh, testing at gifted levels. And then when the kid comes home, he, they, go, they got a report card that's all C's. <laughs> that's what I feel like the deal is with Tony. Like he's got an A plus game, but he repeatedly turns in C performances um, in all these tournaments, especially last week. 
where he's undoubtedly the class of the field uh, in that tournament. Uh, the events right there for the taking in the final round goes out, has the lead early. Um, and just maybe it's because I think all personality types can succeed in golf uh, and in sports. But I think to truly be great, to truly be a winner, you have to have at least a little bit of a mean streak. And I don't know that Tony has that. I don't know that he's developed that killer instinct on the golf course. We all know he's an amazing, great guy off the golf course. Um, but he's going to have to develop a little bit of a mean streak, a killer instinct, uh, in order to close these things out, man. He's, he's just not doing it right now. He's playing great, uh, trending in the right direction. This golf course sets up well for him. Um, you know, he's a great DFS play this week. But it's just so frustrating to see him not be able to win golf tournaments. Uh, being the caliber player that he is. I'm done now. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, just get, me for, off, get me off Tony. Just, just for the, the, the listeners out there and talking about our group of guys uh, that we sport talk sports with, we're talking about Tony Fina and Brooks Kopeka and uh, Kevin Chappelle. That's that was the <laughs> that was our that's what we got going with our with our group. But uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, you know I'm going to scroll on down a little bit and uh, an interesting guy, very interesting this week. However, the, the heat and the guaranteed money is very, very questionable for me. The guy that I used to roster in all these events back in our little fantasy league, Jason day, this, I know his iron game is nothing to be lovely about, but he bombs it he'll have shorter irons into these greens if he gets hot with the putter. However, it is a concern with the heat, the major next week. Should he play three or four, you know, two or three rounds and quit and get, get ready for next week? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always a concern. I mean, he's one of those guys where um, that's always a concern with him. Uh, it's mm-hmm. something you've got in the back of your mind all the time. Uh, and like you said, with the major next week, the, the heat this week, this is a tough, a tough golf course. Um, he's been playing a lot. Um, so, like you said, I mean, yes, he, he has looked much, much better, looked more like the Jason Day that we, we, we've known for years. Um, but that's always in the back of your mind. Uh, is he going to WD on you? Yeah. Yeah. And um, this has forced me, since, since I've kind of been talking about that driving accuracy is not hugely important here, it has forced me into a conversation that I didn't want to get into. And that's Jordan's <laughs> don't, don't say it. <laughs> do not say it. I can't do a Tony Finau and a Jordan Spieth. I mean, <laughs> don't I mean, do it. You, literally, one, you know, like, you know, first three holes are just bomb and hit it. You know, find it or bomb it and go get it holes. And, and that's, you know, I just think if he gets high with the putter, man, he doesn't have to worry about blowing one out of bounds on the 12th hole. Well, let me let me add a little fuel to the fire, and he gained uh, he gained over five strokes with his irons uh, at the memorial. So hey, I'll, I'll I'll throw that at you and just give you a little something more to think about hey, with him. He played good at the memorial. Yeah, I mean I understand. Yeah, he did. The, the off the tee still the thing. I mean I, I think you were saying you, it's just you never know when it's coming with him, but um, irons look great uh, at memorial. So yeah. <laughs> I hear you with him. I hear you with him, but I, I don't know if I can get there myself, but I feel you. I feel you. 
Yeah, if you're a, if you love vets, you're, there's a ton of vets in that low range cost. You know, Henry Stinson had come back and play yet first tournament. Um, he's obviously low, and I mean, I mean, we know where his talent level is, and you know he's getting a little up there in age, but he can still get there. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I listened to the Bubba Watson interviews on foreplay on Barstool. I'm, Every time I think about not liking Bubba, I'll find out something else about him and I like him even more. Um, uh, It's just going to be hard. Uh, But from what you said before about thoughts of you never know with the guaranteed money, I feel like if we get in these lower ranges, these guys are going to have a little bit more, say, pride about them. But there are more grinders in the lower range uh, than there is in the upper range. Yeah, there are, especially in that seven, like the, the 7K range. Uh, there's a lot of veterans in there. Um, I mean, you can argue whether they're a little dusty or not as far as, far as age, but you got those guys in there like Poulter, uh, Matt Kuchar, Leishman, Nah. I mean, just some grinder-type dudes um, that really aren't in that good a form, um, which kind of makes you hesitant. But, but you also got a feeling like this is going to be a hot, rough, mean, grinded out, fairways and greens kind of deal. Um, if you want to go the opposite direction, you can go with uh, – got Matt Wolf sitting there at 79. It's been playing extremely well. We know how explosive he is. Um, in these no-cut events, we, we do want to find some guys that can rack up birdies for four rounds. Um, obviously, you want to have a winner and, and some really high finishers. But in these no-cut events, you want, you want guys that can score all four days. And Wolf certainly can. He's he's been gaining strokes uh, off the tee and on approach. His last uh, couple starts looked looked well. Almost won there at the Rocket. So I think he had a top 25 in this event last year. So he's seen the course. Uh, so he's kind of an intriguing guy. But yeah, like you said, man, it's it's kind of tough there as you start getting down. You get in these grinder guys. You're uh, you're looking for somebody that's maybe hoping to hoping to score a big payday down there. Bottom of the sevens, you got Bubba, like you said, who was 9,900 last week and missed the cut. Um, dropped all the way down in price, but can he bounce back? Um, Max Homa, uh, who we talked about last week and ended up playing extremely well, uh, had a T3 in Minnesota. He's been striking the ball great. Um, he's got some uh, experience on this course. Hadn't really played great here uh, in his previous trips, but he's, he's playing really well. Um, and, and then after that, you start getting down into the sixes, um, where if you're going to go super aggressive with a couple guys up at the top, you're going to have to dip down here. And it might be one of those things where you want to dip down here anyway, just in an attempt to differentiate your lineups. Uh, because, you know, there's a good chance with this smaller field, uh, you're gonna, we're going to see a lot of duplicate lineups out there this week. So it might be something to think about leaving some cash on the table uh, when you when you finalize your rosters this week, leave a little bit left on there just to try to differentiate. But is there anybody you're looking at below seven? Well, we we all know, Joe, that um, I pulled some players out of my butt here in the last few weeks with the Chris Kirk, Phil Mickelson, um, Ryan Moore last week. I've got Jim a play. Kirk, Lucas Glover. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> you've Lucas. Been on, you've been on fire, my guy. You've been on fire. Forgot about Lucas Glover. I've got a grinder that I found that just and I'm not I don't like playing this guy normal under normal circumstances, but uh 
It's okay. always a speech. I, I don't like class. I, I don't, don't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think this guy is primed up for a top 20 finish. Finished 29th or 27th last year. He's a grinder. Played well at the Travelers. Chez Rivy. How do you say his name, Chez? Chez Rivy. Yep. Absolutely. Man, it's, it's so weird that you said his name. I, I wrote him up this week. Um, I just posted an article, of course, for the course article today, and he's actually in it. So it's really weird that you said him. I love him, too. Uh, I think he's 6,700, right? That's correct. And uh, he's played well at this golf course. He's played well in his last two starts, been striking the ball well. Um, we know we can get sideways with the putter from time to time, but, man, I love, love that call. I don't know if that's good or bad that we're uh, both in agreement on your, on your, on your guy for the week. But I love Chaz down there, man. I think that's a great call. Yeah, I think it's okay. And if you hear the noise in the background, it's uh, where kids are down here getting ice water. So I think it's about bedtime, but uh, yeah. Ask them what they think about Tony Clean. Girls got any thoughts on Tony Cleanhouse's ability to bounce back this week? Here she is. Bedtime. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) okay see ya (laughs) babe we got we got kids coming out of every door in this house babe you just never got another one on the way we love Uh, it we love it on the way that's right so uh yeah chaz reavy this week uh i'm not gonna say bet the farm on him but uh i like his where he's at and he's gonna dip he's a grinder man he's a grinder Yeah, I like Chaz. And I'll tell you another guy that I noticed right there. He's been doing a lot of it with the putter, which is kind of scary. Um, I never like to hop on those guys that are that are uh, putting lots out because that can go away at any time. But just another grinder-type dude right there at 6,700 is Matt Wallace, uh, the Englishman. He's been – he's kind of – he popped up about a year, year and a half ago, um, played really well in some big-time events and kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, kind of resurfaced here over the past month so there's a dude that you can look at um down there down there in the low lower end of the price range where's he at i think he's 6700 he's right there with chess uh, 67 okay well it's playing long this week we got your boy philly mix like 66 oh no there'll be no there'll be no mickelson for me he's killed it here dude his course history is awesome (laughs) this course But it's going to be like 150 degrees, and I don't know if Phil's going to make it. Well, if he can, he's in better shape now. But I don't know if he's going to get there. <laughs> can he can you know hit his drive wherever he wants now on this course? Like I said, it's drive driving actually is not going to be a thing this week um, at all. The wide fairways. Um, let I mean, unless it's changed, but you know, only a few holes is driving actually even matter. Um, but I mean, it could I'll. I'll, I'll I don't know, but uh, I, would, I would maybe I would maybe give a little more. I, I would, I'm probably giving a little bit more weight to the accuracy than you are, um, but at the same time, while these holes are dog legs, are going to be hitting less than driver some. Um, like you said, the ones they they do hit driver, they can kind of bomb it out there. We've seen some long hitters do well here. Brooks last year, Rory, um, DJ uh, over the years still, um, but we've also seen precise accurate guys play well here like uh we, we saw webb do really well here last year matthew fitzpatrick um some guys i don't know if we got to talk about in the mines but 
there's so many different ways you can go this week. Um, you can be super aggressive. You don't have to worry about your guy missing the cut. Um, so you can you can kind of swing for the fences on this one. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I would try to find guys that can score. Um, you are going to need some some guys that can put up points for you over the four rounds. Uh, going out there and grinding out bars isn't going to isn't going to win you a GPP this week. Um, so you you know don't be scared to swing for the fences on this one. Uh, we got a big one coming up next week, but yeah, there's a it's an interesting interesting field. Absolutely. So uh, right before we go, let's give a shout out to Roto Baller. What you got with them? Yeah, man, uh, we got major season coming up. Um, definitely, uh, definitely think you should get over there and sign up. We got uh, tons of great articles every week, uh, free and premium, uh, betting, uh, value plays, uh, strategy, course breakdowns. We've got a DFS research station over there. It's got ownership projections, uh, strokes, gain stats, anything you need. We've got a lineup optimizer. If you want to build a bunch of lineups, uh, we can do that for you. <clears throat> you can go sign up now uh, for our premium. Use promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, uh, and you can get it for about 50 bucks for the rest of the season. Uh, it's an unbelievable deal. Uh, we feel like our content is uh, top-notch, so I hope you go there and check it out. Absolutely, rotoballer.com. Thankful for everything they do for us. And you guys have listened to the Turn Fancy Golf Podcast. Uh, Good luck and make lots of birdies. See you, Joe. All right, brother. See you.